and welcome back to the footyjumpers.com podcast. My name is Rob and I am one of your hosts and my co-host is Lockie. Hello everyone and thanks for tuning in again to another episode of footyjumpers.com podcast. So let's get straight into it. Last time we reached 2009 so that takes us nicely into the 2010s. The decade we never know what to call but we'll just go with tennies. Tennies? Yeah, sounds all right, eh? Yeah, it's close enough. Yeah, I don't know what they ever called them. I don't know what they called them in the 1900s, and we don't really know what we called them 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, got to make a call. uh, What's going on? What's going on here now, Rob? All right. Well, I I think when I think of the 2010s, the tennies, I think of the sugar daddy jumpers. Now, a sugar daddy jumper is where names of, well, let's face it, wealthier supporters they paid to have their name on written on the footy jumpers and then some were a smaller donation uh but generally what happened well when they started off what they would do is they would say for a small donation of 150 dollars or 200 dollars or whatever uh you can get your name on the club jumper oh terrific that sounds great some people could afford an extra 200 dollars to put their name on a club jumper and then you got the added benefit of being able to buy that jumper at a discounted rate then then they got a little bit smarter to that and they said well what we'll do is we'll for five hundred dollars you can not only get your name on the jumper but we will give you one of those jumpers and so it just seemed like this was the get rich quick scheme of the the tennies so mm. carlton did it three times uh, 2013, 14, 16. Fremantle did it in the same years, 13, 14, 16. Uh, Essendon, the Bulldogs did it twice. Geelong did it twice. Richmond did it twice. Uh, Melbourne, North, Port, Secure. Everybody had a It just seemed like, well, not quite everybody, but just about everybody had a go at doing one of these jumpers where you could pay money, get your name on the jumper, and then either you know, at a higher rate that gave you a free jumper or at the very least you got the opportunity to buy one of the jumpers. So that's mm. that's my lasting memory of the 2010s. I think the other thing would be the, the jumpers for milestones. Um, North Melbourne, for example, in this era had four different jumpers for one bloke. Now, fair enough, he's a very good player and he played a very long time, but... Brent Harvey had a jumper for his 300th, a different jumper for when he broke the club games record, a jumper for when he played his 400th, and then another jumper for when he broke Michael Tuck's record for games. Um, Now, I guess it's fair to say that the Bulldogs probably started that with Chris Grant and Brad Johnson having their own jumpers, but it was... Yeah, it was a very much a, a 2010s thing where they'd have their own logo and their own jumper. And so that was that was the thing that I remember. Yeah, it was, it was basically one a year um, mm. where there was some new jumper from somebody for some event or, or for no reason, just to raise a bit of cash. Yeah. Who was the, you mentioned Chris Graham, Brad Johnson. Were they actually the first ones to do that, sort of have the milestone jumper made up for them? Or was that, like, was that actually the start of the trend or who else? You know what, I think it was actually probably North with Glenn Archer 
uh, they did a jumper for. We're going back to the last episode, really. Yeah. But Glenn Archer had a uh, a jumper in two thousand seven, and then you know what? I'm going to have to look up the years. Chrissy Grant and um, Brad Johnson had uh, promotional jumper. Chris six. Oh six, so yeah, you're right. Um, it was Chris Grant two thousand six, and then Brad Johnson was two thousand and nine, where they had their own jumper celebrating. Uh, well, both of them for celebrating breaking the game's record. Chris Grant broke Ted Witten, and then Brad Johnson broke Chris Grant's record. Yeah, right. And just also back on the Sugar Daddy jumpers, what did that actually yeah. look like? Where like, where was the name situated? Oh, generally it was just a regular jumper and then they would just print the names over the top of it. Uh, so it depended on the, you know, what the, it depended on the club. Uh, some of them, like the Bulldogs was a Bulldoze the Debt and then they put, them on, they put the name on the bands. Uh, another one was the through and through jumper, and then they they just wrote the names in a very light script, just over the top of the regular jumper. Yeah. Uh, so that was generally how they did it. Um, Carlton sort of went with some of the older monograms uh, and logos and and so forth. Uh, so I'm trying to look. So mm. Carlton had a members appreciation jumper. And, I mean, it was an old-school Carlton logo, and then it had the names of people who paid to put their name on the jumper. Mm, uh, so, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It, it wasn't what I considered to be the spirit of the footy jumper, which was, you know, it used to be players played for the jumper, and this was just if you had enough cash, you could put you, you could get your name put on you know, the, the club jumper. You, you could put your name on somebody else's jumper if you like. I mean, they didn't care. I, I, you know, you could go and put your name on the Bulldogs jumper, put your name on the the Fremantle one. There was three of those. Yeah. Um, you, know, you didn't even have to barrack for the club. They didn't mind. Cash is king. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. It's like, um, well, as the old, that uh, documentary from the future, Idiocracy, you know, oh, I, I like money. I like money. <laughs> and that's that's the that should be the motto of all AFL clubs. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Got to cope yeah. with inflation. Um, so back in the timeline perspective. Yes. So let's go sort of start at 2010. Like we had a little recap okay. and sort of what our memories, your memory of the time was. So if we start at 2010, sort of what's going on with that? What clubs are doing? Doing sort of the first well, changes, if any. Probably the first change is Melbourne went back to the future. They, they, well, they, they, I guess the, the thing with the printed polyester jumpers is they generally print them in the standard sort of printing colours. And so the blue was a lighter kind of blue. And so what they did was they, they bought out a new logo, they bought out um, and they decided the blue would be the old school darker blue, the red would be a more a blood red you know, red, and um, they bought it. Yeah, the logo was just a thing of joy. It was. <laughs> um, it's it's hard to be positive. Um, it, it's like it's like somebody had just got Photoshop and thought, right? I know how to use every single one of these functions. I'm going to have a crack at all. I, and or I guess another example would be. 
if you had six different people in a room, everybody had a good idea, and so they decided, let's put all of them in the one thing. Yeah. So, the, like, the mon- the logo had, well, it had the yoke, which was on their jumper. It had the monogram. It had the trident, because they're the demons. It had the Southern Cross, because they're Australian. It had their establishment date. It had the um, eternal fire, because they've had footballers die at war. Um, and then somebody decided, you know, it'd be a good idea. Let's put the rules of the game into the logo. And so they'd sort of traced out you know, Henry Harrison or Tom Wills or whoever wrote out the laws of the game back in 1858, that became part of the logo as well. And and all of that with a shield and a ribbon that looked very much like the Liverpool logo at the time, it was, um, well, let's just on. say it was unpopular. It, there was a bit going on. That's that's kind, yeah. There was a bit going on. And it lasted, what, five years and then they went back to something that resembled more like a footy club logo, which is the name Melbourne on a, you know, with their monogram in their club colours. That's it. So, yeah. So the photo, oh, and then, yeah, there were shadows. There was all sorts of stuff <laughs> on that, that 2010 logo. And as I say, they they went back to the future with the, um, the darker blue and the darker red. That did look a bit better, but... Uh, realistically, it didn't really last all that long because now they've sort of gone back to the the standard sort of printing dyes mm. that are just easier to manufacture and and produce. How long did they that last for? Uh, till twenty fourteen, and yeah, then right. um, I think actually so- it might have been twenty. 15, 16, maybe. They, uh, I, you know what? There's a very good website that has all this. 2016 was when they released the uh, the Melbourne logo. Uh, so all the Melbourne logos are in the Melbourne logo folder yeah. on footyjumpers.com. Uh, so, yeah, all the logos are on the website. Uh, 2016 is when Melbourne went back or didn't go back to. They they went to the logo that they currently use, which is a, a more plain and, yeah, so it was around was that around the same time that um Brisbane sort of changed up their, oh, their lion yes, as well? It was, with yes, the it lion was. logo for us on it the jumper. It was indeed. The paddle pop lion, yes. One of Brisbane's well, let's call it least successful ventures. Now, when the Brisbane Lions were formed, they were supposed to maintain the Fitzroy Lion on the Guernsey. That was part of the documentation, if that's the right word. Um when they you know when they agreed to effectively take over merge with Fitzroy and so instead of the Fitzroy lion they they fronted up with i guess the body of the lion but then they planted this head which is still their logo today um which um yeah widely got um nominated as the paddle pop lion because i guess there are some similarities there and actually a similar sort of deal. That lasted five years, uh, and then they went back to, well, what they call the Fitzroy Lion. It's actually the Scanlon's Footy Club Lion, but footy cards, but that's a different story. Uh, the, the lion that Fitzroy had originally adopted from 1968 on their jumpers was slightly different. It's also on some of their old membership cards, but that is actually different to the lion 
that was on the, the Scanlon's footy cards that became the club logo when the VFL adopted a lot of the Scanlon's footy card logos as the club logos. Uh, the One of the, I guess, the main things about the Paddle Pop Lion is I think their best finish in the years that they wore it was 12th and they finished, you know, 13, 14, 15 in all of the other years. So it, it's generally... Um, what would you say? It's generally associated with a lack of success in the Brisbane Lions. And realistically, they've gone back to the old school Brisbane Lions jumpers and been a pretty good side since. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so the Lion wasn't a great success <laughs> for the for Brisbane. So a couple of uh, trial and errors to start off the 2010s. And then, yes, yes. <laughs> and then um, yeah. 2011, Gold Coast enters the comp. Is that right? Oh, did they ever? The Suns, yeah. yes. A lot of content so, there. Well, the Suns entered with a couple of good ideas. They got a couple of good players from other clubs. Uh, I know what – they had the wave. And the wave – and I do know they actually registered the wave – with IP Australia, and it's my understanding that it was their intention to use the wave on their home and away jumpers, and then for some particular reason, they dropped the wave and they fronted up with a red jumper with gold sides, or yellow sides, and logo in the middle, uh, just, I don't know, no real thought to it at all. Um, and so that's what they've worn since as their home jumpers. It's, yeah, I don't know how else to explain it. Um, the Wave was going to be their brand, and yet it uh, it lasted about three seasons. On They would wear the, the plain red jumpers at home, and then they would wear the, the red jumpers with the Wave in away games. And when they wore, when they were clashing with somebody else, they had a white jumper with blue and that had the, the wave on it as well. And, yeah, as I say, three years later, was all gone and it's the red singlet. Yeah, it looks like a barley singlet, really, yeah. red with yellow sides and a logo on the middle and that's about it. Um, I, I guess what we've talked about in the past is that you know, a really good footy jumper should be able to be knitted by your nan and drawn by a kid with either pencils or textures. Uh, what this has done is actually, it looks like it's been drawn by a kid with a set of textures. So, yeah, it doesn't need to have been designed by a kid. It needs to be able to be drawn by a kid. And they've obviously missed that memo in some <laughs> respect. And then... um. I prefer we obviously GWS Giants into the competition the year after, and I I definitely prefer this jumper. I know it's a bit. I know some people love it, some people hate it, but the orange and charcoal. What uh, what do you? What was you got anything on that point? Yeah, look, um, I'm I'm probably take the opposite view to you. Uh, yeah, orange. Well, I think the Giants probably missed an opportunity to adopt the one colour that is New South Wales, which would be light blue. And so to me, it was just a screaming opportunity to say, hey, look, everyone, we're light blue, just like the rugby league team that everybody follows or the rugby, yeah, the, the state of origin team. 
we're going to play every week in light blue. No, they went with orange and charcoal. And in a market where the one team you probably couldn't wear, you, know, you couldn't wear something that looked like red. And so, yeah, it just didn't make a great deal of sense. Uh, had a massive G on the side of their jumpers. The G is supposed to be representative of the map of New South Wales. And so, yeah, as I say, I would have thought there were other opportunities, but they um, they went with orange and charcoal and, you know, perhaps people like yourself, the younger set, <laughs> may go orange, but um, do you know, I'm do you know, probably like what count the, myself amongst that number. Do you know what the process was for these new two clubs to decide on the colour schemes and the jumper schemes? So this is obviously something a bit different. We're, we're talking new clubs here. Like, how's what does this process look like when you're creating a new jumper? Like, is this sort of like down to the general population and forums and whatnot, or is this just this is what we're doing? There was, yeah, look, supposedly there was some market research. Now, the Gold Coast Suns, from what I remember of the Gold Coast Suns and my understanding on this, is that they had pretty much settled on the whole lifesaver motif. And so your lifesaver will wear a red and yellow uh, corded cap in the surf, effectively, so you can see them in the surf coming out to save people. And so they'd sort of settled on those colours and, and that design as the Gold Coast Suns and the Gold Coast Lifesaver um, theme, and so that was going to be their colours. In terms of the Giants, my understanding is with that that they had done some market research and the colours that proved most popular with their market, which was uh, people in the western suburbs of Sydney, apparently that was uh, charcoal and orange. Now, I don't quite know how that was, you know, arrived at. Um mm. I suspect Weird. there was probably a little bit of, for older listeners, a little bit of yes minister uh, fudging of the figures. But, uh, you know, like you, you just said, you prefer the orange and charcoal to the uh, red and yellow. So maybe yeah. maybe there's something to it. Yeah, that's right. Good good marketing. <laughs> you think it is? Uh, I don't the know. I, yeah, I think, it, I think it looks all right, to be honest. But, yeah, I know, I know some, some like it, some don't. But that's what it is. Um, good, good theme song too. So uh, yeah, it's best sung with Borat um, and the, the dancing Borat music. <laughs> you can look that up on YouTube, folks, uh, or you, you maybe you already know, but it, it really does sound like um, a scene from Borat. Mm-mm, right, right. You'll have to have a look later. Um, so apart from the new clubs, and you know what, I'm going to put a link to the Borat yeah. song. Now that you've mentioned it, I'm going to put a link to the YouTube of Borat dancing to a big, big sound. Sounds good. Check that'll that out on the, uh, Yeah, that'll be in this week's notes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, moving back onto it. So apart from the new clubs and the one-off jumpers, what else is sort of going on? We were at, what, 2012 now that GWS has joined the competition? Um, well, what before else we get to 2012, we got 2011. And 2011, back. the Dockers. So now the Dockers started with Port and Starboard and an anchor. And in some respects had gone a little bit like Melbourne, in although this is 1995, 
They'd sort of gone, oh, you know what we should do? We should put an anchor on. Yeah, you know what we should do? We should port and starboard. Well, well, what about if we mix the blue of East Fremantle and the red of South Fremantle and make purple? And so anyway, there was there was just a lot going on with the Dockers' original uniforms. And in 2011, uh, they had sort of gone with what the public liked because they'd worn not quite the same, but they'd based their heritage jumpers on the original Fremantle team from the West Australian Football League. And so so what they did was they said, well, we're going with a purple jumper with white chevrons and then away we're going to wear a white jumper with purple chevrons and that has you know stood them until today. It just looks more like a footy club. Um, it's probably the best change in recent years, really. Uh Possible, possible exception. Port Adelaide would be in the conversation, going from the SBS logo or whatever that was to the V's that they wear. But you know, Port looked like a footy club wearing the uh, the the chevrons that they've got today, and yeah, and all of that came about in 2011. Uh, the other thing that happened was Hawthorne had a one-off jumper that they wore as their home jumper for the entire year and that was based on well it was the Hawthorne jumper but it had the 88 89 and 91 premiership teams written again going back to this you know putting people's names on footy jumpers uh, that was their home jumper for the whole year and the other one was St Kilda they started wearing a black collar and black cuffs on their home jumpers uh, just sort of trying to make the home and the clash as different as possible. And so the clash had the white cuffs and the white collars, so they put black on the, the black collar and cuffs on the home jumpers. Uh, the other thing, not technically a real change, but I know was not well received by the fan base, is Essendon's jumper made by Adidas was effectively just a diagonal stripe on the front and the back. It it made no pretense of being a sash. It was just this, oh, well, it just seemed like that'll do. That's close enough. And, uh, yeah, so that was they, they were probably the major changes, uh, certainly in the early part of, the, um, of this sort of five-year block. Yeah, yeah, right. And then talking on sort of the cuffs and whatnot with the collar as well and St Kilda, I remember in the last podcast, I think we talked about was like the manufacturer templates of the, the jumpers oh, and sort of the fits yes. and whatnot. Like, isn't well, this taking the, factor? Yes, very true. Very true. The other thing to bring up in this one is the Crows jumpers. The Crows, well, they're navy, red and gold. But what they tended to wear in this era is effectively a soccer jersey template in those colours, but with the sleeves cut off. You know, that's effectively what it was. Like, well, they wear hoops. They wear navy with red and gold hoops. But for most of this era, they had these side panels on the sides of their jumpers, which were not just navy blue because that was the way their particular apparel sponsor made jumpers. And so they didn't have hoops. They just had 
what would you call them? Bars? Lines? Uh, yeah, so mm. they had lines across their jumpers in this era. Um, they were probably the the one that was most affected. I guess you'll also find toward the end of this era, the Hawthorne jumpers, they had they were cut from the front to the back, and so on the front of them, the, the very bottom of them would uh, be tighter, certainly on the smaller sized jumpers so the larger blokes you didn't really notice it you know ben mcavoy etc but for the little blokes the the paul paul poopolos their guernseys the stripes were real and cyril rioli is another one uh their guernseys were really um very well the the stripes were almost non-existent on some of the bottoms of their jumpers uh as the the cut of the jumper was you know, one colour, and then the front the, on the back, which was now being sewn into the front. And so, yeah, that was another thing that we're finding in this era, that effectively we've got an Adidas jumper in club colours or, uh, you know, um, well, yeah, without nominating all of the different manufacturers. But, uh, yeah, basically uh, Reebok was another one. But they'd have, you'd have effectively a Reebok jumper in Adelaide colours. Um, it mm. just had to suit the way they made their jumpers. Yeah, right, right, right. The, um, taking on from this, I think I was, remember there was was there some sort of an experiment as well, sort of in the mid twenty tens, where we we're putting the names on the back of the jumpers, kind of like the American football and whatnot. Yes, yes, there was tw- uh, round five, twenty fourteen. And they've only done it once. Uh, a lot of people have suggested that one day they'll go back to it. My personal belief is certainly now that's that ship has sailed uh, for a number of reasons. But firstly, yes, they, they did. Uh, round 5, 2014. Now, if you want to have a look at these jumpers, you can go to the VFL-AFL uniforms by season. Go to 2014 click on round five and then click on any of the jumpers and you'll see what they look like. You need to click on the actual jumper because it gives you a front and back look. But the reason they won't, I, well, my belief is that they won't continue ever doing this again is that A, they've put sponsors above the numbers and so the space that you've got would the number would have to go down significantly and so effectively it's going to dramatically input uh, impact sorry the space where sponsors have that they can put their logos but the other important aspect is when you have a footy jumper that has someone's name on it that becomes an item of merchandise of that player so if you were to have let's say an Essendon jumper with number five on it you might have that jumper because it's Terry Danaher you might have that because it's James Hurd you might have it because it's Devin Smith if you so you sell that jumper that's that the uh what is it 15 percent of the wholesale price goes to the AFL of that 66 percent goes to the club in question in this case, Essendon. If you put Smith number five, now it's a Devon Smith piece of merchandise. Devon Smith gets that money and the club don't get anything. The AFL still keep theirs because they like money. But the the 66% goes to 
the actual player in this case. If they, you know, Devin Smith retires, maybe that means, well, whoever gets number five next year, maybe that person buys another number five jumper with another name on it. Realistically, the AFL's research showed that that's less likely to happen and that that person is just happy to have the number five on their jumper and whoever number five is this year, well, they're happy to um, maintain that, um, what do you call it, the that level of support uh so but so the club would miss out on that money completely and it would go to the individual if they have that person's name on the jumper so they can successfully argue that well the reason you've got that particular jumper is not because of devon smith it's because of the aura of number five or number 18 or number 10 all of which will be available next year at essendon by the way uh that's another story <laughs> But, um, yeah, so all of those famous Essendon jumper numbers will be available next year. At the moment, whatever which one of those you get put on your jumper, Essendon still get the money. If you've got Lloyd written on it, well, Matthew Lloyd gets the money or whoever becomes number 18 next year. Mm. So that's the reason why I don't think they'll put names on footy jumpers again. As I say, they did trial it in 2014 and most of the feedback that the AFL got was you couldn't see those names even on TV. So it was a, a pointless exercise at any rate. So mm. for one, it would cost the clubs money. Two, there's no real benefit because you can't see who they are. Uh, so I just don't see it ever happening. Yeah, right, just like a once-off trial or something because they haven't really even mentioned about doing it again since have they yeah, no they haven't no yeah. well uh, they have they have mentioned but the mention is i don't think we're ever going to do it yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's gil mclaughlin now gil mclaughlin's going to leave at the end of this year so who knows maybe a new guy comes in and says oh you know we need we need names on footy jumpers <laughs> but unless that you know unless whoever that replacement comes in with that objective um yeah realistically i can't see it happening yeah 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 so that's um, 2014. I think we'll probably cover from 2015 to up until this year, 2022, in the next yep. episode because yeah, I think there's plenty of content to go through there and we've got quite a bit done here today. So I think uh, probably wrap up if you have any other points, Rob, or you're good with that? No, I think, um, I think we've probably done enough. Uh, that's, yeah, that'll be the end. Now, I should also say that next week will be our last episode for this season. We're going to run to the footy season, and not coincidentally, uh, we're going to have we're going to bring it up from 2015 right up to 2022 season. Uh, so basically, that will be the first season, which will be the history of footy jumpers. If you haven't had an opportunity, uh, please go back and begin at the beginning. Uh, we've gone from 1858 right through till as of next week right through to 2022 and so yeah next week will be our last episode for this season awesome and um yeah as always go on footyjumpers.com to have a look at the jumpers we've been talking about and um yeah thanks for tuning in guys and we'll catch you next episode see you next time thanks guys